Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 797. Chapter 121. When Words Fail. It was well into the dark hours of the night when I approached Vachette's house, but there was candlelight flickering in her window. I didn't doubt she would have me killed or crippled for the good of Edemra, but Vachette was nothing if not careful. She would give it a long night's thought beforehand. Empty-handed, I knocked softly on her door. After a moment, she opened it. She still wore her mercenary reds, but she had removed most of the silk ties that held it tight to her body. Her eyes were tired. Her mouth thinned when she saw me standing there, and I knew if I spoke, she would refuse to listen. So I gestured entry and stepped backwards, out of the candlelight and into the darkness. I knew her well enough by this point to be sure of her curiosity. Her eyes narrowed suspiciously as I stepped away, but after a moment's hesitation, she followed me. She did not bring her sword. It was a clear night, and we had a piece of moon to light our way. I led us up into the hills, away from the school, away from the scattered houses and shops of heart. We walked more than a mile before we came to the place I had chosen. A small grove of trees where a tall jumble of stone would keep any noise from carrying back toward the sleeping town. The moonlight slanted in through the trees, revealing dark shapes in a tiny clear space tucked among the stones. There were two small wooden benches here. I took gentle hold of Vachette's arm and guided her to sit. Moving slowly, I reached into the deep leeward shadow of a nearby tree and brought out my shade. I draped it carefully over a low-hanging branch so it hung like a dark curtain between us. Then I sat on the other bench, bent, and worked the clasps on my lute. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. What strikes me on this page is that Vashet goes, okay, he's trying to lure me somewhere. Is he trying to kill me? And then she goes, probably not. But even if he is, uh, I can take, I can him. take him. Yeah, hundred yeah, exactly. percent. She's like, I don't need my sword for this. <laughs> but you can read it two ways. You can read it like, I don't need my sword for this because I think I can take him even unarmed. Does she know that he does magic? I don't Unclear. think so. Unless Tempe has told them, which probably. Probably he has. But I don't know if they take it. that. That's actually a really good point because you'd think they would take it a lot more take him a lot more seriously or or they don't believe tempe or maybe tempe didn't tell them about all the malfeasance that's a really good like maybe they they do have he does keep secrets from them i would have thought tempe would have told them but maybe not well and even if they know he does magic they don't know how it works she doesn't frisk him for a moment because she doesn't know what a moment is presumably yeah but if anything then she'd be more cautious not knowing how it works because she doesn't know he needs something you can read it as she doesn't bring her sword because she thinks that if he is trying to kill her she can take him or she thinks if he was trying to kill me, he wouldn't do it this way, right? He's probably not trying to kill me. I don't think he would do that. And if he would do that, he wouldn't do it like this. Like, why would he wake me up? He would just wait until yeah. I was asleep and slit my throat if he wanted to do that. Either way, it's a really nice character moment. Mm-hmm. I also appreciate how, so Quoth is setting up the shade 
like a curtain because he knows from what Vachette told him that like if there's a musician, they play behind a curtain. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, you remembered. (laughs) Yeah, he's trying to do this in the most culturally respectful way that he can. You hear that, men? Listening is sexy (laughs) and proving that you can listen is sexy. (laughs) It also does demonstrate that he is really trying to learn the the Adam way of doing things and respect it. Mm-hmm. I also just feel like generally this this page is so good at like setting up a mystery of like, what's he going to do? Like, where is he taking her? Why? Like, what is going on? I do think we're meant to ask the question, like, is he trying to kill her? Because because the last page really sets us up like he's had enough. He's done with these people in there. Yeah, and he goes to a, a jumble of trees where the sound won't carry. You know, we're like, oh, so he's going to try to kill her with a rock or something Yeah, like yeah. That. I think we are kind of meant to wonder, like, is, is that really his plan? I'm going to butt in because I have been, uh, my bias has been affected by the Twitch chat. This is not my idea. This is Patrick Notrod's idea. But what if it's a it's a misdirect? Like when when Quoth does all the setup. Yeah, I think it is. It is and it isn't, as we'll see in the next chapter, that he's still, I I think, you know, not to pat myself too much on the back, but uh, I was right about his plan B, I think. He doesn't go for it right away. He he, he takes a hair from Vashet in the next chapter. So he's still like planning on... He's still cautious. Well, he's like, look, if they do decide they're going to kill me, I would rather not die. And I would rather do everything I can to make sure that I don't die, which frankly, relatable to me. No, very, very culturally disrespectful. Uh, he should be respecting their ways by allowing himself to be, to that's right. He should be allowing himself to be crippled or or killed uh, in order to respect this culture that he's been invited into. This is what woolly headed liberal thinking gets you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I think, significant that this whole sequence happens he doesn't say anything to her on this page, and he doesn't say anything to her until the very end of the next page. This this whole scene is very clearly blocked out to me. Like, this is practically a storyboard, the yeah. way that it's laid out. Like, it's very clear visually how how I would... And maybe this says more about me than it does about Rothfuss, in that this is how I, like, process prose, very visually and almost like a film. But it's very, very clear to me how I would, like, shoot this or block this if I had to put it up on screen, which is... Cool. We have a letter today. Mailbag. For Amanda, who writes in the Discord. Hello, the pagers three. On page 750, you have a brief discussion about soft and hard C. This note is to point out that in English, and by proxy a Turin, C followed by A, U, and O is generally hard. Cap, cup, and cop are all examples. When it is followed by E and uh, I are generally soft. Think of cis and cell. This has to do with Old English and French and Latin, but none of it has any bearing on pronunciation of Edemic words. I'll note here for reference that Nick Padell uses the soft C sound. I, however, immediately had Jordana's reaction that perhaps it's a different cadence or pronunciation of Ketan. Very interesting. However, Rothfuss only indicates the difference between freyat and freyat with italics, and he does give us different spellings here. All this to say, I agree that it's an interesting possible connection, but probably not the same word. All that's good and triplicate to you, signed Amanda. I have been brain poisoned by Jeremy, where when I read this myself the first time, I also used the soft C consistently because that is English and I am nothing if not a, a English language purist. I have been brain poisoned to read all the C's in the hard C as as in Tolkien's Elvish, which is a thing that Jeremy inflicted on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry for you. Yes. And I mean, I'm an English purist in the sense that like, I get mad if someone says hold down the fort, not in terms of like, it's the only language that I think anyone should speak because that's silly. 
but we should be holding down the fort. Yeah, because the fort's going to get up and walk away. Well, yeah, if you don't you hold turn. it down. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. So hold down the fort is an idiom that should actually be said as what? It's hold the fort. When you have soldiers in a fort, they are holding it against the enemy. They are protecting it. You know, they're they're inside the fort so that they can use it as a force multiplier against the enemy. They're holding it. But if you're holding it down, then you're like, it's trying to get up and you're holding it down. You don't hold down a fort. A fort can't get up. So you just hold it. You just hold the fort. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, that's what we'll be doing on tomorrow's page. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 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 